Looks like we're live. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday night. It's 9 o'clock, and you know what that means. It's time for everybody to get off my lawn. So uh, you can come on in and join the podcast if you like, but uh, just don't be on the lawn. And we've got noises. <laughs> can you do it with the mouse? I don't know how. You can mute the window if you maximize your window. There you go. You know, mute over Canadian. I'm telling you. Yeah, you betcha. Oh, wait, that's Minnesota. Okay, anyway, now that we've got our technical difficulties solved, we uh, we want to welcome everybody. Um, who do we have out there in the chat? Mad Sexy was first. Guitar Man Pete says, Cheryl Todd is amazing. Uh, we're inclined to agree over here. Thank Grim you. 90s in the house. Jay Brown, Dangerous Freedom, Sandhill Sweetheart, My Hot Date for Life is just off my shoulder. And you might have heard her computer uh, repeating everything I said. So uh, she is here. She does the typing. I do the talking. Uh, the Poor Conservative is Grumpy and Proud. Who else does, do we have out there? 10X Shooters, John 12 Gage, Keith Gregory. And there will be blitzes in the house. There will be more coming. So uh, if you are watching this live, please drop comments out there in the YouTube chat so that we can uh, see that you're here. Two live moo is in the house. All right. Um, and that's why my beautiful bride hangs out over in the chat side so she can say hi to people. and I don't have to keep interrupting all night welcoming everybody out there. So on our esteemed panel tonight we've got a few uh usual suspects and at least one new face so uh let's go through the usual suspects first we've got uh becoming a usual suspect 402 outdoorsman hey how's it going guys well, yeah. thank you guys for the invite appreciate yeah, absolutely. it glad you could see, yeah i can't wait to see what everybody has to say tonight so <laughs> Yeah, should, to it. should be kind of fun. Um, next up, we've got uh, Mr. Kingpin himself. David Bowling's in the house. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for having me. Good to see everyone. Glad to have you again. I'm glad the schedule's working out now. Yeah, it's definitely turning around, so I'll be able to uh, catch more of the shows. Excellent. All right. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we've got uh, holding it down from across the great state of Nebraska, Mr. Travis P11. Hey man, appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. And uh, cheap plug as usual. Make sure you check out my uh, my YouTube channel, Travis P11, and my Monday night podcast called Caliber Corner, which is at 6 p.m. Central Time over there on my YouTube channel. So thank you for the invite, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks right. for being here. All right, and then we've got uh, holding it down from work for now. The the same old story. You know how this works. Squib load is here. Yeah, so third shift isn't up my butt right now. He's up in the front office complaining to somebody. So I might get a little bit of peace for the beginning of the show. All Maybe. Right. Now that I've said that, I've jinxed myself, and he'll probably just come <laughs> walking in here at any second. Well, and I tell you what, this should work out pretty well for you, Squib, because we've got Cheryl just for a limited amount of time tonight. So about the time that uh, she has to leave us is about the time you'll be clocking out and leaving. So uh, if you cannot... Uh, get a whole lot taken care of before you leave work. That's okay. Cause we will try and uh, we'll get Cheryl in here as much as we can. All right. Hey, Cheryl, thanks for covering for me. 
I'll, I'll do what I can do. Okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do about all that. And last, but certainly not least, if you are plugged into the 2A community, then this young lady should need no introduction. Uh, if you've ever heard of Gun Freedom Radio, excuse me, Gun Freedom Radio. Good job. <laughs> uh, then you have, uh, you've heard this lady's voice and chances are seen her face. She's been at a lot of the rallies and uh, the different events that have gone on, different conferences around the country. So uh, this is Cheryl Todd. And real quick, we're just going to let you, uh, for, for the people that, that maybe don't know a whole lot about your, uh, your situation or your background, we'll just let you introduce yourself and kind of tell everybody who you are and where you are now and then how you got to where you are. Well, thank you so much for having me tonight and inviting me into the the melee here. I'm really <laughs> excited to be a part of all this. And uh, yeah, so our show is Gun for Freedom Radio. And rumor has it that I have a co-host, my husband, but um, <laughs> he says that I don't let him get a word in edgewise or something. I don't. I don't know, but I think it's it's very balanced, uh, you know, like 80-20, so seems fair to me. Uh, but it the, the show came about because we also have a gun store, a retail gun shop called azfirearms.com in a little town of Avondale, Arizona. And when we had opened, it's been about 14 years ago now, we were just any mom and pop's gun shop. We also opened an auction house in the same building at the same time. And so those two businesses worked, you know, synergistically together. The auction house is called potofgoldestate.com. We were just any average entrepreneurs. And then came along this election with the new president, Barack Obama. And in all fairness, Sandy Hook happened in that time frame as well. And suddenly the national conversation would have one believe that the people that we interacted with on a day-to-day -day basis, our clients, our customers, were somehow these weird fringe people, right? And that those who buy guns and own guns, there's just something a little wrong with them. And don't even talk about the people who own the store and actually sell those, you know, tools of death. You know, we are the purveyors of death. And I found myself in a very strange and kind of a defensive mode in talking with people who have known me most of my life. And I realized that there was a great hunger and a great need for people to have just to truth, you know, no slant, no uh, ulterior motive, uh, just the truth about the tools themselves and those who own them. And uh, we started out as a little 15 minute segment on uh, KTAR. It's a FM station uh, here in Arizona. And quickly outgrew that and realized that we needed a full hour and then grew into two hours not long after that. And we are a an, inter, uh, an interview-based show. I mean, I know what I'm thinking. I want to know what you're thinking. And the your in that sentence is and the experts in hunting, the experts in competitive shooting, the experts in the politics. And so we just tried to bring together 
bring to our audience people that I would have wanted to have conversations with anyway and am constantly just humbled and surprised that they continue to say yes. And uh, the show just kind of grew out of that. And then the advocacy piece grew out of that because the, the more that I learned, the more I realized I had that I could impart to others. That sounds awesome. I kind of have the same thing going on here is there are a ton of people and I don't know if you've, uh, if you've become a member of, of gunchannels.com, but that is the, the online community that, that G webs started. And, uh, there are a ton of weekly live chats or live podcasts that are, uh, that are held, you know, from, from different gun channels members. And you can find three or four, half a dozen. I, I lose count now. Uh, weekly podcasts that talk about the latest current events, the latest stupid laws that have been passed, the the latest in Virginia, which is kind of a powder keg lately. Um, so you can find all kinds of of chats that talk about what's happening. And uh, rather than than keep doing what everybody else is doing, I like to have podcasts that hopefully make people think we can get discussion going, we can get the the gears turning in the mind. Um, I don't always uh, even necessarily um, adhere to some of the arguments that I make, but in, in order to, to get discussion, I'll play the devil's advocate if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but I want to know what people, what people think. I want to hear honest opinions. And if they disagree with mine, I eat that up. I love that. So, um, cause I think it's healthy to have my beliefs challenged. One mm -hmm. of, Two things is going to happen. Either um, I'm going to see that uh, that I didn't have all the info I needed, or I wasn't seeing things from from maybe a, a perspective, or or maybe a perspective is brought to me that I'd never considered before, and I'll I'll change what I believe. The other option is it's just going to solidify what I believe because it'll be challenged and and my mind won't change. So either way, I'm okay with people trying to do that. So mm -hmm. that's very cool. So, all right. Well, one of the things that uh, we have the most fun doing is griping, I think, in our community. Um, one of these nights, I might get ambitious and we will uh, throw the, take the gloves off and, and throw down the gauntlet for the, you know, the, the common debates, nine millimeter versus 45 or Glock versus 1911, you know, some of those things. Because as gun people, uh, most of us are just a little bit opinionated i know I, it is news to a lot of people i'm gonna write that down <laughs> you realize and so that being the case and just in uh, in my own personal life for the last couple of years now i have uh I've, I've i keep telling my wife you know at the rate that i'm becoming a grumpy old man i don't know um, uh, in the next 10 years, if, if she's going to be able to put up with me, I mean, I'm, I'm one or two stupid people away from coming out with an M1 and saying, get off my lawn. That's kind of how, how the name of the podcast came about. I've been saying, get off my lawn for a while and, and calling myself a grumpy old man. And, and I just recently turned 40. So I figured, well, now I can actually claim being over the hill and being a grumpy old man. So, uh, so one of the things we like to do is just grump and just complain 
So that's what tonight is. Tonight is going to be just the time that we get to complain about whatever's been bugging us, whether it's current events, something going wrong uh, with the country, everything that you think is going wrong with this country or the world in general. Or uh, another thing I want to throw out there for tonight, uh, because next week is Christmas. So this time of year, a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't. And so if we have anybody that, that has that bah humbug attitude, uh, or at least at, at certain things, then uh, we want to know what, what at Christmas time just really, really annoys the heck out of you too. So um, so we're going to let you start off with that, Cheryl, because we know that you're going to have to leave us here in about 15 minutes. So uh, so in at Christmas time and then just the world in general. Gosh, see, I'm not much of a grouser. I really am not. And so, um, and I love Christmas. I love the baking. I love the decorating. I have two grandbabies now. One is five and one is six months old. And so that's such a magical age. So it, this would be a hard thing for me to, to find something <laughs> to grouse about. Um, I I really, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll grouse the squid. I'll grouse it. <laughs> how about how about the shopping crowds this time of year? The traffic by certain areas. How about that? That's how about an easy people, one. Low hanging fruit. You can grouse at the people that don't like Christmas too, if you'd rather. So, so I'm a retail gun store owner, so I need them, and <laughs> I shop online too much, so uh, I don't have to deal with the crowds. I want people to come physically to my retail store and then I go and shop on Amazon. So shh, that's our secret. Um, but so off offline Squib was saying that uh, he doesn't like Christmas music. So people who don't like Christmas music, uh, that'll be my gripe. Okay. It's beautiful. <laughs> we only get to listen to it for like two months. <laughs> With YouTube, I mean, you can listen to it year round if you want to. I mean, yeah, you know, that's you not okay. That's not okay. You mean on the radio with the family sitting around on the AMs, you know, the stereo, you know, yeah, opening presents. When when my mom was alive, she had uh, a stack of CDs, and two or three of them were not Christmas albums. But but that woman would listen to Christmas music any time of year, any time of day. That was her. Yeah, that was her jam. So. Uh Interesting. I can only I only like it when it's chilly outside, and it feels like it's of the season. But yeah. I, I'm sorry I let you down with with that. <laughs> right. I've, I've got others, but we'll go. We'll do the round robin first, and then we'll we'll get to my other group. Well, I tell you what we'll do because again, time is limited. So let's just let you front load the chat here. So so just you know what, just run amok, have fun. All right. My biggest gripe ever of all time is. This thing right here, this super thick, like war and peace size <laughs> document, the Constitution of the United States. It gripes me to no end how few people have actually spent the hour, maybe hour and a half to read that sucker. That makes me crazy. And then they lead into debates about it and they um, misquote it. And they go and they vote on things based on it that they let somebody else tell them what it said in there instead of reading it for themselves. That is my number one gripe. Amen. 
All right. So do you have any others that you want to get off your chest besides that one? So um, my degrees are in psychology. So I'm a business owner. I'm a radio show host, but my, uh, my, all my degrees are in some form of psychological training. And it is like nails on a chalkboard for someone like me to hear how often we are not only encouraged to have a phobia <laughs> of an inanimate object, right? And there's even a name for it, hopalophobia. So we're, I can't think of anything else in the world that people are actually encouraged to have a phobia of other than guns. And then there's, I don't know if the phrase, if the word codependent translates to people that aren't constantly reading books on, you know, psychology, <laughs> that sort of thing. But the, the other side that has this phobia of guns, instead of them seeking treatment for their phobia, they want us to change our lives to try to help them not have to encounter the thing that they have a phobia about. That makes me crazy. That not just about guns, but it, the, the little bit of a, I guess I call it a disconnect there between, um, and you can, you can make this conversation partisan, but I don't think it really has a lot to do with, with parties as much as just, there seems to be two major camps out there of of people and and whether you want to say conservative liberal whatever it is there's one group of of people and i tend to be this way most of the time if i don't like something then okay i don't like it which means i'm not going to know a whole lot about it probably and i'm not gonna if it's a tv show or a movie i'm not gonna watch it and if anybody asks me about it i may give them my full opinion i may just say that i don't watch it you know whatever it is there are those people on the other side who, if they don't like something, it's not enough to not watch it. They want to make sure that nobody watches it, make sure it's gone forever because it, it upset them to such a degree that, you know, clearly if it upsets me, it must be evil because I know what's right and what's not right in this world. And so I'm going to make sure that nobody has to see the stuff that I don't like because I don't like it. And mm -hmm. I, I can't agree wow. with that. That is a problem. And in any any interpersonal relationship, you know, you would go seek counseling at some point <laughs> for that, right? Um, there was a young man recently who was on the news because he said that uh, studying World War II was just really too much, just too much for him and that it was, it was too much for young people and they should not have to go through the trauma of studying what other people his age actually went through back in World War II. And that was one of those times that I was like, why, why is it not like crystal clear that this individual has, has a problem and mm -hmm. needs to get some coping skills, needs to learn some coping skills, rather than it becoming a, a, a national conversation that, you know what, he really has a point there. And we really shouldn't be traumatizing our young people by teaching them history. I mean, if, if anybody studies world war II and they're not traumatized by what went on, then they haven't studied it enough. And, and that's my opinion is it needs to be raw. It needs to be graphic. And 
it needs to not be watered down because it was horrific the things that happened and um not just the the things that happened to the soldiers you know i can't wrap my head around war because i've never been in that situation and i know some people out there that are listening uh have been through it i i cannot wrap my head around what you've been through but but not only that but the the events that that led up to uh to world war ii and and the uh the things that happened before the u.s went to europe you know it was that is some of the nastiest stuff i've ever heard about or read about in my life and yes it's gruesome and yes there needs to be maybe a, an age appropriate study there but people need to know what happened again we don't want history to repeat itself so exactly. yeah you're right with that Exactly. Um, I see somebody over in the side said that counseling's for wusses, or I don't know what they said, for wimps. Um, <laughs> you might need counseling for that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, and I have to say, is it Guitar Man? Guitar yes. Man? I, I'm loving your comments. Thank you for <laughs> also telling us that uh, hoplophobia was coined by Jeff Cooper. I appreciate that. I always forget his name. That's so bad in this community. The um, Jeff Colonel Cooper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, I appreciate the the help with with his name. I should have said so at the time, but um, but anyway, I have I have one more gripe, and then it's almost my time. I have to go. <laughs> my my last gripe is there are people out there, and they're they're. I mean, most likely the same group that hates our our gun rights, hates our self-defense rights, our civil rights, our women's rights, our natural rights to self-protection. And they want to say that here's this climate thing out there, that climate does change and that it's settled science, that man is the reason that that uh, that the climate is currently changing. Now. I'm willing to say that we probably have some some hand in it, but that the the globe has been doing this for millennia beyond uh, what we were able to affect. So the same people that want to say settled science, which I don't think there really is such a thing because science should always be seeking, right? Always questioning, always doing the what if and what have we forgotten to measure and what if we measured it this way, that sort of thing. It gripes me, to be honest with you, that we spend, we this community, we 2A advocates spend the time, the money, the energy relitigating what I would say is settled law, natural law of self-defense. That really gripes me. Why do we have to put so much energy into constantly having to restate and reset that boundary and that line. I mean, our founding fathers understood it. They knew it. They said the price was eternal vigilance, but it gripes me. And that's, that's very true. Um, and I've said on more than one occasion, you know, if, if uh, we can all agree that we all have a right to be alive, that's, that's not up for debate. I don't think in any circle. And if we have a right to be alive, then we have a right to keep ourselves alive. Mm. And if we have, the first two, then we also, uh, by default, have the right to keep ourselves alive by any means necessary. Mm. As long as what I'm doing does not take away 
anybody else's life or their liberty or their property, leave me alone. Absolutely. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. So, all right, we've got a couple minutes left. So, um, I want to thank you again. I know that you uh, you've been very busy, especially Tuesday nights are apparently not not a night that you get to uh, take a lot of time off. So I do appreciate um, you taking some of your your evening there for us. Um, didn't realize that you you have an auction house. So uh, sometime here, I want to uh, get back in touch with you because um, I've got uh, got some questions for you there. Awesome. But um, but again, thank you very much for for everything that you do for our community. And uh, for for joining us, you know, just being a, a small podcast, we we average somewhere between 100 and, and 150 typically views on each podcast. So very rarely do we get up to the 200 mark. So it's it's been very cool having somebody whose whose voice I've been listening to for some time actually come on and uh, and join us. So that's been awesome. Um, if you have anything that you'd like to say before. Uh, you go, then we will give you that time to do so. Well, the honor is mine, honestly. There's, you know, I grew up uh, in theater as well. And they, what do they say? There's no small parts. There's only small actors. And so, you know, we all start with one listener, you know, our mom or dad or somebody, you know. Yeah, mine's then, sitting right over there. <laughs> right? And then and then a friend times in and, and it grows from there. And I just, I think that it's such an important topic that I, I'm so appreciative of what you're doing and just keep going and, and keep inviting people. That was the thing that always surprised me. My very first guest ever before I even had a show was, you're not even going to believe it. Ken Blanchard, black man with a gun. Wow. I messaged him on Facebook, said, my name is Cheryl Todd. I got a brand new show. Would you be my guest? He said, yes. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Do you know who I am? I am nobody. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, he was my very first guest and he's just a, a tremendous human being. And he is, you know, the OG. He is the shoulders on which we stand. And he has recently just retired and, you know, said, carry on, take Mm -hmm. the work and move forward. He's going to take a well-deserved rest. I doubt he stays retired, (laughs) but, um, but anyway, maybe from the black man with a gun show, but that's going to be about all I think he retires from. I agree. He is a, (laughs) his brain is like, you know, tickety tickety all the time uh, moving along. And, uh, but anyway, just thank you so much for inviting me. Don't be afraid to invite anyone. Uh, if, if they think that they're too big to do a, a hundred person show, yeah, you know what? That's okay. There's plenty of other people out there that just really want to engage the community and want to move the message forward, no matter the size of the audience. So, and, and I've noticed that about just gun people in general is, we really are a community, even though we can argue with each other about, you know, which caliber, which, which brand or, or what have you, when it comes down to it, I mean, gun people as a rule are very generous, very giving people of, of their time. Um, you know, how many people, how many of us have been to the range and admired somebody's gun at the lane next to us? And they said, well, here, you know, give it a try. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you shoot off a magazine full of their ammo and, and everything. Uh, so 
typically what I've noticed is that the 2A people are, for the most part, also gun people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've we've rubbed elbows, at least rubbed digital elbows, with some fairly big names. I mean, we've had uh, Rob Pincus and Mike Sudini join us. We had Dustin Ellerman uh, from Top Shot join mm-hmm. us here a while back, which was very cool. So, uh, so yeah, I do intend to keep reaching out to uh, to some people, uh, and like I said, hopefully we can we can kind of grow this and, and just see where it goes. But uh, you know, every every week before we uh, we do this, we do we do pray that the the chat goes smoothly and that it goes where it's supposed to, and not necessarily where we want it to. So I I just need to be patient. I know, but uh, again, thank you very much for for giving us your time. We will let you get out of here and and get back to your duties. Have a great night. And uh, I tell you what, you're welcome on our lawn anytime. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was wonderful meeting 402 Outdoorsman, Kingpin, uh, Travis. Travis P11. Just ignore the King Travi comment. It's an inside joke. (laughs) It's a long story. Yeah, we don't have time for it this evening. And and even Grumpy Squib. Even (laughs) Grumpy Squib. It was a pleasure meeting you and I hope you get to hear lots and lots of Christmas music in your wife's car all season long. Thanks, uh, Thanks a lot. <laughs> appreciate that. She's, Merry she's Christmas to you too. She's and, all heart. Yeah. <laughs> you get the soundtrack there. Yep. Uh, and I will definitely be tuning in. I think this is a fun show and uh, best comment of the night was again going back to Guitar Man Pete. He called me his spirit animal. I mean, my life is complete. <laughs> That's Thank right. you. That's right. I, I kind of expect to see a post on his Facebook page pretty soon of him wearing polka dots as the new camo. I think we can make that a thing. Yes. Hashtag polka dots are my camo. Nobody sees me coming. I'm just a little <laughs> lady, right? Not armed at all, right? Right. That's uh, right. She's, all right. She's, she's not the gray lady. She's the polka dot lady. There you go. Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. I'm sorry I have to run, but I'll be tuning in. Awesome. Thanks, Cheryl. Take care. All right. Well, moving right along, um, let's get back into being some doing some grumpiness now. Um, so we'll just kind of go around the horn a little bit. And uh, if anybody has some grumps that they want to throw out out there in the chat, go ahead and tag one of us. And uh We'll make sure that we get that read out. And I'll just ask the panel if I miss anybody, go ahead and uh, make sure that we we call those out as we as we can there. So uh, so Squib, I told you that I was going to let you uh, do your work thing while we were letting Cheryl talk. So since you're uh, right next to me up there on the screen, anything that's been bugging you that you really want to just grump about? Hmm. <laughs> oh well, you know your text I, I, messages I before the show were annoying me. <laughs> you were so cryptic. I'm like, is he trying to get me stirred up on purpose? Like, no, you, he uses a lot of caps on purpose to yeah. kind of get you fired up. No, so it wasn't it's, that so much. It kind of went all people. over the place. Like you were disorganized, and that's I don't just know. How I am. Oh, okay. That's just the genius at work, man. That's I'm what just, it is. I'm just disorganized. Yeah. If you can see this workspace behind me here, it's disorganized is my middle name. That's why I married somebody who is organized. And every now and then she comes through and cleans and dusts, and then I can't find any of it. So, but I'm still glad she's here. So, so anyway, we'll go back to you, Squib, there. Um, like I said, I, I want this to be fun. If anybody has stuff that they want to, throw out there that it it can just be even tongue in cheek i mean tongue in cheek i can't talk 
Um, you know, let, let's just have some fun tonight. And, you know, if it's a serious grump, then we'll, we'll try not to take it too seriously. And if it's not that serious, then, you know, it's, it's almost Christmas time. So it's not the, it's not the time of year to be super, super hardcore, but, uh, I want this to be as much fun for everybody listening as it is for those of us that are here complaining. So, uh, we all get our chance and we'll go around the horn. So we'll let you start. Okay. Uh, I guess the most recent thing I can think of that I can think of to grump about is the ineffectiveness of our alternative platforms to YouTube. Okay. By that you mean? I mean, GunStreamer, GunTube, and Full30 are not coming through on what they're capable of. Now, I've never talked to anybody from Full30 and I've heard a lot of stuff about them. They seem to be really exclusive on who they, they let on. And I don't really think the site gets a whole lot of traffic, but I think that's their doing by not inviting more people in. As far as GunTube, I've spoke with the creator of GunTube. And, you know, I think GunTube has potential, but I don't think it's being managed to its utmost GunStreamer, I've talked to them when GunStreamer was in its infancy, like off air on a hangout, and they seem to really have, have you know, they have plans and they have vision. It's been a long time since that hangout, and I haven't really seen much from them. Mm-hmm. The sites are not user-friendly, meaning they don't draw people in that want to come there to view the videos. The sites don't offer live streaming. Yes, we have the GunTube chamber, but we see that works like almost never. You're not using it tonight, so what does that say? Uh, GunStreamer could offer live streaming. They don't. I don't know why. People could say, oh, bandwidth or server space or whatever. All right, then start charging money. I think I pay $13 a month for Netflix. I'd be willing to pay $13 a month for GunStreamer if they could bring in the audience, offer live streaming, and not block any content. Oh, I said the C word. Duck on it. Anyhow, <laughs> um, but I'd be willing to pay $13 a month just like I do for Netflix for YouTube if they'd stop with all these terms of service that are, are cryptic and they're vague and they keep changing and they limit what we can do. If they said, we'll give you unlimited space and as long as you don't commit a crime, an actual real crime, mm-hmm. you can post videos of whatever, blah, 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 blah. Here's my money. Sign me up. Maybe I can work out a deal where I get 12 months for the price of 10 if I pay up front or something. I know there's plenty of people out there that go, I'm not going to pay a penny for YouTube. Okay, well, then that's part of the problem. YouTube's always, you know, saying they're not making any money. They're not profitable. Why don't you start charging people that if they, once they get to so many videos or so many hours of, 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 of videos, you, you approach them and go, hey, you know, if you really want to take this further, it's going to cost you or something. I would be willing to pay. And the same thing's true of GunTube and GunStreamer. I've talked to GunTube about charging for an account, and they don't want to do it. Well, then you're not going to really be able to afford anything unless, of course, you keep asking people to give you money that you don't use on, on the site. And as far as GunStreamer, I've talked to them about it, and I've said, you know, you guys could make some money if you started selling merch, and their merch store is really kind of non-existent. And, you know, as far as just using it, it's not very user-friendly. When it does let you upload videos from YouTube, because it doesn't always let you do that, it, it does work fast, and it copies everything over. But it doesn't always work. And even then, when you go to log on to uh, GunStreamer, the autoplay kicks in automatically. I cannot stand that. You have to manually 
turn that off. I have mm-hmm. contacted them about it. Nothing. Nothing. You know, that's one of the things that's going to turn off somebody who's going to jump on there for the first time is they don't want it forcing them to watch videos that they don't select. Some people are like me, and we like to think for ourselves. And the fact that they, they're, they're starting to saturate the videos with commercials, if they don't have one at the beginning, and it's the same old lousy one with the volume cranked up all the way, and then, then you get to the video and the volume's cranked down, but they'll wait until the uh, video is 15 seconds in, then the commercial will come on. And there is no skip ad with Gunstreamer. And, mm. you know, I understand. They got bills. They're trying to do this, trying to do that. All right, then. Really run your business. Run your business like it's a business. I work for a company that makes car parts. It was, it was uh, a, a guy who was in the auto industry who made a lot of money, who decided to take that money and turn it into a small business. That business made money. It grew. He bought another building. He bought another building. He bought another building. Before you know it, the guy's selling the company off for tens of millions of dollars and a lot of companies around here, not even automotive companies, work that way. I understand that the you know, video streaming and stuff is a virtual thing. It's a computer thing. But once again, there, how much does that really – you don't even need a damn building. You can run out of your basement. I mean, you can buy your own server. You can get a backup generator. You can have a reliable connection. You can do, Or you can rent it, lease it, farm it out. There are all kinds of things. But virtual stuff doesn't really require as much brick and mortar – as a real business, and that's what I'm going to say, a real business, because you can run a virtual thing out of your house. Mm-hmm. So I'm frustrated with the fact that YouTube keeps pulling the, these stunts like they did this week, and we can't thumb it in the nose and go, we'll just take all of our business over to site X, and our viewers follow us, and the live streaming follows us, and there's a quick, easy app, one click, you're, you're on, you're watching, you're surfing, and you're searching for videos as easily and as user friendly as YouTube is. How's that? Is that a good enough gripe? That's a great gripe. And I know okay, that a, a lot of it. I mean, as far as you know, we're somebody to to rebut any of that. I understand the two biggest um, constraints are time and money. And I do know that the the gun streamer people all have day jobs, um, and the the gun tube guy also has you know a day job just like we all do. I mean, those of us who are doing this, this, this isn't our, this isn't our business. Um, you know, we don't, uh, at least for, for this channel, you know, we get paid maybe once a year by Google because it ta- you got to build up a hundred dollars before they'll pay you. And so, and then apparently you've got to have the hundred dollars in your balance for six months before they'll decide to release that to you. But, um, so it, we don't get there, but maybe once a year, uh, build up and, and Patreon, you know, I, I have a hard time still asking people to go on Patreon because I don't like asking for money either. I mean, it's not like I'm actually selling a product. You can come watch this for free. So why would anybody want to pay money to come watch this for free? Now we can do, you know, better videos, more things and, and have better, you know, audio, video equipment, things like that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's, you know, that none of you, I don't expect any of you to have to uh, to have to pay for this, you know. So the the people that we do have as patrons on Patreon, I I love every one of them, and and we appreciate you know that dollar a month or five dollars, whatever it it is uh, that people are are kicking into uh, uh, to the process because I I understand I don't I don't pay out that much on Patreon myself because you know the the money that I 
that I do make, I, I'm putting back into this channel before I'm putting it into to very many of the others, just the ones that kind of kind of helped me get going for now. But um, but yeah, I understand that uh, you know the time and the money thing gets gets to be a a huge deal, especially if you are um, you know paying for server space and, and all that kind of stuff. I get it. So what the biggest gripe that I have, and I don't see a fix for it, is that GunStreamer and GunTube are designated sites for gun videos, whereas YouTube is what the world watches videos on. And clearly the, the gun videos are a drop in the bucket compared to what's out there. Um, even if you lump in politics, still guns and politics are a, a drop in the bucket compared to what's out there. But the, the thing is, you know, with tags and everything else, um, somebody might be, be out there looking for one thing and stumble across this channel or, or this podcast or, or something to that effect, you know, and they might sit and watch it for a little bit, listen to it, decide to check it out, maybe share it. Um, so that's the thing that, that YouTube offers that none of these other platforms uh, by definition can offer full 30 any of those um, people aren't going to those sites unless they want to look at gun stuff. And but for the audience that wants to look at gun stuff, you've got to make it user friendly. I'm telling you what, I, I can click onto YouTube and get to a video in about three seconds. It takes about 45 seconds on GunStreamer. I agree. And GunTube it deleted all their videos. And and the GunStreamer app yeah. <laughs> is abomination. Yes. So, you know, maybe they need to make, and Kingpin made this suggestion uh, off air, and I thought it was a great, why not make a two-minute video explaining why you're not YouTube yet? Because for those of us who work in the brick-and-mortar world, the virtual stuff, I'm not a computer guy. Yeah. But I've, I used to work with IT guys. I used to manage a server room in our building. I understand a lot of this computer stuff, but I don't know everything about it. But it's all a bunch of sitting in front of a computer eating a Hot Pocket, drinking a Mountain Dew, <laughs> and typing on a keyboard. You're not doing real work. Not to, not to somebody who's blue-collar. You're not doing real work. So I, I just, for me, it just sounds like a bunch of excuses. It really does. So for those of us who don't understand this tech stuff that apparently is just so technical and so expensive and just so hard to do while you're sitting on your butt, then make a video and make us sympathetic. Or don't, and you'll have guys like me out here complaining about it. But I really just don't see what's so hard about it, about pushing it, about advertising it, about getting more people, finding ways to draw in customers, to draw in people who want to to pay to use the service or want to come on there to watch their gun videos or to want to watch their live streams, to get us to come onto our YouTube shows like this. At the beginning of the show, if you said, you can watch us on YouTube, but we're also simulcasting live on GunTube and GunStreamer right now, and one day YouTube's going to kick us off. And that's where you're going to go. But you can't even start the show off with that because they're not offering that. Right. In my world, in the world I uh, work in, you've got to move fast or you're going to lose out to the next guy. Maybe it's because there isn't a next guy out there with this virtual crap. But in the automotive world, if you screw something up, Chrysler's going to walk right in, pull their tooling out of your building and give it to your competition and pay them more money. And, and you, you have to do, I mean, you've got to move fast. You've got to double check what you do. And even then, when you make mistakes, you've got to earn up to it. And then you may have to eat crow for a few years. And I mean, it's a lot of hard work. So when I see a computer thing that doesn't, you know, it's just computer stuff. Just do it, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. don't be successful. Don't be successful, I guess. I mean, I guess I'm just an ambitious person. And if I wanted 
to it, okay, I'm not a computer guy, so I don't host the thing like this. But if I did, I'd be giving it 110 percent. And I, I guess I just I, I have trouble accepting when somebody else doesn't give 110 percent. So I don't I don't understand why. Well, and and Tack makes a good uh, point out there in the chat too. He says if it was easy, there'd be multiple success stories that are not, and and that's a lot of it. Um, it's it's not necessarily whether it's it's easy or hard it i don't know how to do it so for me it would be no different than you know rebuilding a transmission i can't do that either um so it would be extremely hard for me if i knew how to do either one it would probably be easy to do um both jobs would and so i know that money is the the big factor i mean money is the reason why i'm only on youtube right now at this moment um if i had a little bit extra every month coming in to to pay for the the paid version of Streamyard number one, you wouldn't have to look at that duck up in the corner because the the paid version that would be gone and I could put my own logo up there. And second of all, um, I'd be able to multi-stream and the people that are on Facebook would also be able to watch this as it's live. Um, and I don't go live on Facebook because we go live once a week. It's Tuesday nights, nine o'clock Central Time, and YouTube is where we get the views. So if, if Facebook would give us more views and we had a chance at getting some revenue from that, then we maybe look at not doing the YouTube thing as much. Um, those of you in the panel, I mean, you wouldn't notice any difference because you'd still get the same link. So we'd still have the guests that we have. It would just show up in a different place. So, I mean, I don't know. I've toyed with that idea of going to a different, you know, going to a different social media platform and just seeing if, you know, yeah, we wouldn't get the revenue, but if we could uh, download the video and then repost it up on YouTube later, I mean, that would still be an option, you know? So yeah, I don't know all of the, all of the, uh, the ins and the outs, uh, tech daddy is offering to try and explain it, um, in, in more basic terms. If, if you, uh, want to get a hold of him and I don't know if you've got his contact info, but I can, I can, no, get we it don't talk. Okay. Well, I can sure get it if you wanted it. So, um, but anyway, um, we're going to move along here and let everybody else get a chance to, uh, to get some griping in. So next up, moving across the top row here, uh, we've got Travis, but he is currently away from his desk, he said. So we're going to skip Travis for now. We're going to go to Kingpin. Anything been bugging you lately, sir? Carpenters. <laughs> Like the band, like Karen Carpenter? No, no. I, I, I'm sure that she'd do a better job than most actual carpenters do. Uh, what's, what's going on? Well, I'm going to be direct, and then I'll be very broad. Direct is trim carpenters, like putting baseboard on and door casing and stuff like that. And the broad part about that is absolutely anyone that's not me that ever nails a puts a nail into a piece of wood in somebody's house i do i do drywall and i do paint so when i do paint i've got to go through and i've got to fill all the little nail holes that the carpenters put in the trim and then i've got to go set all the nails that the carpenters and their expensive guns didn't set into the little tiny piece of not even wood anymore so my gripe is carpenters there you go Sounds like that's been bugging you for quite some time now at work. So it, it drives me nuts, man. You can't get any work done when you got to set a bunch of nails by hand that 
somebody paid a hundred dollars for some type of pneumatic gun or whatever that is supposed right. to put holes in there properly. Right. All righty. Anything else that you want to uh, get off your chest before we move along? No, other than that, everything's pretty straight. Cool. All righty. Well, let's move over to 402 Outdoorsman. And uh, now I don't know if I'm supposed to let this cat out of the bag. 402 Outdoorsman <laughs> is currently not living in the 402. So I don't know. We had a discussion earlier tonight about Canadians and Minnesotans and accents and stuff. So I don't know if living in that that North country, if you've got anybody up there you want to complain about. But uh, but what's been bugging you, man? Um. Well, I've kind of been kind of all over on Twitter and I've seen some different different opinions about the second amendment and um there's people or there's some ideas that are being thrown out there that certain types of people um regarding like sexuality or race even that would be targeted because of an action or something and people are responding in a way that are like well we're just gonna pull our handguns out and we're gonna defend ourselves but yet these people are the same people that are yet like attacking the second amendment in that way. So I'm just, it just drives me insane to think that these people that are so against it, now all of a sudden they just turn their minds and they're all for it all of a sudden. So that's kind of one of my big issues with these issues, I guess. Um, also another gripe I would have would be, I've seen a ton of, memes out there on Facebook and stuff with uh, how much we're being taxed lately. So um, just being taxed at an enormous rate compared to when our founding fathers founded the country and everything else, why they, why they fought everything. So just drives me insane to see how much we're getting taxed and yet we're letting it happen and all that sort of stuff. So those are my two biggest issues I've come across this past week. So that's pretty much all I got. All righty. Well, and, and I tell you what, the uh, the tax thing, it's it's bad enough just in itself, in my opinion. But then, and I made a video about this here a couple months back, um, the, the fact that for so long now, there's been this witch hunt going on. And honestly, at this point, I don't care if Trump slept with the Pope and Pete Rose bet on it. I don't care at this point. <laughs> End it. Go do your jobs. Pass some flipping laws. And that would one... be a heck of a story, though. <laughs> Rob Lowe was probably in the video. <laughs> now yeah. I want to post my Pete Rose video. Hmm. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I, I just, I don't care what kind of, you know, if, if you throw enough dirt eventually something's going to stick and at the very least all i think all that they're honestly hoping to do is uh shake the confidence in the people that said that they were going to vote for him for re-election but the the fact is that for for how many not even months now it's been years we've had congress not doing the job that we elected them to do and they've been trying to do uh, this impeachment thing that they keep trying to find some reason to impeach him. The fact is they just don't want him in there. If if there was, you know, looming evidence that something bad had happened, they would have led with that. But no, they got to keep digging. So that means that they don't have anything, which means that yeah. they're not doing their job and they need to quit 
what they're doing and go back to what we expected them to do when we put them there. When I don't care which side of the aisle you fall on there, uh, go do your job. That's when it comes to taxes. If I had the option of, of uh, not sending in my taxes next spring and sending a letter instead that said, I'll pay you when you do the job that I pay for, <laughs> I would do that. But I, you know, I'd go to jail and I'm probably not going to do that. So remember when Homer Simpson said taxes, I paid my taxes over a year ago. Yeah. Nice. All right. Anything else you want to throw out there, 402, before we move on? No, I think you hit it on the head. So, <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, 402, can I make a suggestion for some history to look at? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The Whiskey Rebellion. The Whiskey Rebellion. Okay. The Whiskey Rebellion. It was after the founding of our, our country. It's, it's, I know it's kind of East Coast for you, but uh, it's, it's a little bit interesting. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, you know what? I haven't even said hi to Rich yet. So we're going to say hi to Rich White and uh, let you say hello. And if you have anything you want to plug real quick, and then you can uh, just go right into what's been bugging you. Okay. Hello. How's it going? Um, what's been bugging me? We're coming up on the Christmas season, right? And it's going to happen. It happens every year. There's going to be an epidemic of hound dogs sneaking in people's back doors and stealing their Christmas turkey. It's so bad that every year there is a channel that does a 24-hour marathon of a documentary about a kid shooting his eye out. And every time in that documentary, you see these dogs sneaking in that back door, stealing that turkey. We've got to put an end to this. This We can't allow this to go on. We can't allow people to have to go to Chinese restaurants and have Chinese turkey, which is a duck with its head still attached. You know, it seems like the very definition of insanity to try something for 24 hours straight and expect a different result, even though you keep trying the same thing every two hours, doesn't it? Oh, man. I mean, how, how many times can we watch the same documentary for a period? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, Rich, that's not what I thought you were going to gripe about. I listened to your show from Sunday at work tonight, and I thought, sure, your gripe was going to be they killed Han Solo, because I think you said that 50 times during your show. Well, there's that, too, but I think that was <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, speak. Well, okay, we'll get into that later. Um, anything else that you, uh, you want to grump out there before we move along rich i don't know you said make it so i try to come up with something fun <laughs> <laughs> no that was awesome now you you might have won the night for at least so far so uh out there in the chat i i second that notion ss pawn kingpin you just need to move to nebraska we've got really good carpenters so although i've been told that some of the best workers on the east coast came from the midwest because the midwesterners actually know how to do a day's work and a lot of the people on the coasts don't so uh and i'm not saying that to, to demean anybody from the coast but i was actually offered a job by by a hunter once who uh who lives in baltimore and uh, he said oh man you could you could get hired instantly just because you're from nebraska because they they expect that you actually will show up to work every day on time and do your work until it's time to go home which i thought that's was kind of that's just crazy. how you are that's just part of the culture man that's what well, you do yeah, but I mean, apparently that's not the way it is everywhere. That's... Oh, no, I can go over here. You're going to freeze to death and die if you do that out here. <laughs> that's very true. 
So, all right. Well, then, Travis, since you are back, we are going to oh, uh, we're going to pick on you now. I yeah, know, yeah. I know that you're cranky all the time. I mean, you're just all around not that nice of a guy. Oh man, I tell you what. Um, does this have to be just gun related? Or, no, no. Oh, man, What's okay, been bugging you? Been, okay, um, here's here's the thing. The yeah, whole premise of this show yeah. is just picture this, and those of us from Nebraska understand this. And if you're from a small town anywhere then you probably understand this and maybe even in the bigger towns but just think about you know the the cafe in the morning with all the old guys sitting around drinking coffee just complaining about everything that's what we're doing tonight we're probably going to do this every month so that we don't have it build up too much but uh but that's what we're doing it doesn't have to be about guns it can be about whatever you want to bring up what's been bugging you Okay, so the first one is that uh, uh, school zones. You're going through a school zone. Like we have one in town that's 15 miles an hour, and and you'll get a ticket if you go five over, and it's double the fine and double the points loss. I think for speeding in a school zone. Yet every freaking day, I have people tailgating me. It's like I'm the only person that sees the flashing orange light every block for three fourths of the length of the town that I live in. It sucks. I hate it, but I'm going to stop my car one of these days and I'm going to jump out and point out the sign and, and tell that person to get off my tailgate. All right. That tailgaters bother me. Number two, double drive throughs. I cannot stand double drive throughs because no matter what lane I pick, either the screen doesn't work or the speaker doesn't work. And the jack wagon off to my right somehow pulls up ahead of me and still advances in front of me at the drive through. All right. I hate that. Three, Nebraska has a lack of casinos. That drives me nuts. We got every form of gambling, but we're too bass backwards to put a casino in Nebraska. Instead, <laughs> we lose our tax money to Iowa, where the gas is cheaper and the roads are nicer. Oh, we're Four students that ask the question, hey, what's the latest you'll accept homework? Oh, my God. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, five, small town living where everything closes at four. All right. We have a dry cleaners that is open from nine to four. How is the average working man supposed to drop off his dry cleaning and pick it up and then they're closed on saturday and sunday all right i don't even know where to go i don't even know where to go six god what else was on there i didn't have anything on my list tonight until uh what has nothing to do with the fact that i was just talking with the wife she's fine i mean she's yeah she's not great. <laughs> god, what else do we have there's got to be something else on nebraska that i was thinking about that drives me nuts just Nebraska in general, we've said this before. It's like having a set of parents, but then it'll let you have too much fun. You know, you can have some fun, but you yeah. can't have too much fun. So, uh, anything else? Oh, oh there's one person, and I will find you someday, and I will sit down and have a chat with you about courtesy. One person, and this probably happens to all you guys that put content on GunTube, five minutes after you post a video, it doesn't matter what the video is about. It could be a fundraiser for your neighbor's kid that, that's dying of cancer. They still thumbs down your video. And one, only one, only one. Look at my video list. I have, I've got almost a thousand videos, and tons of them have one thumbs down. Just, just, just one. And I hope that person. You're gets welcome, Travis. Of, so <laughs> some person gets a sick enjoyment out of knowing that it makes me feel like I failed somehow, shape or way or form, because I tried to do the right thing, but you didn't see it that way. So that dang squib lift guy. Five minutes after I, every time a video goes, five minutes after I post a video, I get one, just one thumbs down. You know. I you just know, want to say there's that's... two things I want to say to that person. I don't care who you are, right? One, it kind of ruins my day a little bit, but I'm numb to it at this point. And two, I'm monetized. I actually get more money from YouTube for getting thumbs down. I just want you to know that. So thank you. I just want to thank you for that. 
YouTube <laughs> sees that as a unique engagement, which means you saw my content long enough to hate it or care about it. Therefore, YouTube rewards me for that thumbs down. So for that, I just want to say thank you. And you'll help contribute to my next gun purchase. Anyway, I'm done. It's, it's yeah, for, for those out there that want to express their displeasure and don't want to leave a comment explaining why, don't give it a thumbs down because you're actually helping them. I watched two IV8888 videos today that sucked. And I didn't give them a thumb up. And I definitely didn't give them a thumb down because I didn't want them to get credit for it. Yep. And Although they did good. still get the view, uh, the, the watch time. It's not squid that's giving yeah. you the thumb down. It's those darn bumpus hounds. <laughs> so anyway, you wanted the grumpy Travis. You want the grumpy Travis P. You get the grumpy Travis P. I think I've created a monster now. Little things point. that just irk me. Little I know. I know. Hey, you as know what? He said double drive through. I just bust out laughing. Uh, we've got oh, him in this town too. And, and is this just me, or does every time you guys go buy something, something screws up? The register receipt screws up, and it spits out a bunch of paper, paper at the person working it, or two, the receipt doesn't print off at the gas pump, or three, the swipe doesn't go through, or four, that little twit behind the register swipes your card four or five times, which takes a debit four or five times out of your account. Oh, uh, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a deep breath and just I'm gonna I'm gonna think of my spirit animal. Where's my spirit animal? Where's he at? Charlie, where are you at? There he is. Woosaw. There you go. In yeah. through the nose, out through the mouth, Travis. So All I'm right. gonna I'm gonna focus on my spirit <laughs> animal right there. Where's animal dog? Oh, hey Charlie. Oh man, too much chasing the tennis ball tonight. He's that I need to be more like that. And Whoa. oh, by the way, for people that give me comments in my videos, yeah, I know I'm fat. I know I have a weight problem. You don't have to point that out to me in videos. All right. I know I see it every time I do a tasty cake review. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. You know what? If it wasn't for guys like me, there wouldn't be uh, content out there. For, sorry, Squib. There wouldn't be uh, stuff out there uh, for big guys to, yep. to know uh, yep. which belts hold your pants up the best. and which. Hey, that's big. Oh, let's talk about clothes for a second. Paying an extra 2 to $3 for a pair of pants or a shirt that's 2XL. Fat Why tax. is there no price difference between small and extra large? Fat tax. You go, two, you go three. Oh, we're gonna charge you three, four dollars more. Hey, it's my fault. I got this genetics and DNA. Well, yep. yeah, sort of, but but not always. Right, I've always been chubby, so well, husky is what my mom says. But yeah. anyway, I'm not fat. I'm just big bone. That, that fat tax that should be like a tax deduction. Uh, I think. You no, know, and, and the ladies tax. understand because the ladies all understand what a uh, what a pink tax is. So I I mean I've heard that term too, but uh, but. Ladies, just so you know, if you're mad about a pink tax, understand that the the fuller figured, fluffier, uh, you know, tactical dad bod, tactical muffin top type fellas, we get it because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only a. Here's the thing: I'm going to shop at one of those places where they size us in like size one, size two. Yes, um, that, well, right? what a the lot of people small, don't realize that's the actually, XL is the new small. Is that well? <laughs> it's a size one or a size two, but the thing is, yeah. That refers to the number of acres of fabric actually required to build the yes, pants. So. Yes, yes. Hectares <laughs> if you're talking about shorts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And the other thing is I'm expecting a nice, healthy tax refund from the, the government this year from the tax dollars wasted that produced nothing from the impeachment hearings. The problem Doesn't is that money's already gone. Nobody's going to win in the end, guys. We're all going to lose. That's right. And, and again, and, and we're not going to get anything out of it. You know, oh, some entertaining news clips, I suppose, but that's about it. So anyway, 
Yeah, yeah I'm sorry to run off with this one, but I've been, I it just hit me. I don't know where this emotion <laughs> uh, just see, came now, from. This is, why, I, this is why we're probably going to start doing this once a month. Yeah, is this uh, healthy? I don't know if this is healthy. It, it builds up and it's not <laughs> healthy. Uh, no. you know, if if uh, no. If a fault will slip just a little bit every now and then, and you get that, you know, three point or four point uh, earthquake, then it's great. You know, if it builds up and builds up and builds up, and then it finally, you know, you get the big one, and then it's a, you know, an eight on the Richter scale, and it's level in half of a town. We can't have that. We need to have just those little, those little rumbles every now and then from you. So that's what we'll work toward. There you go. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I feel much better now. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we could be here for you. <laughs> I'm good. My blood pressure went back down, and I'm feeling. I'm feeling like myself again. So, otherwise, I've, I've, got, I've got nothing else to complain about. I'm. I'm cool. I've, I'm good. I've got a couple. Um, my first grump is just is people, and this is the time of year that, um, one of my jobs gets a little bit better, but the other one gets worse. I mean, as as a DJ, we're not busy right now. This is our off season, so. Um, on Saturday night, I'm not, I don't have to people nearly as much unless I choose to, you know, if we just go out somewhere, but, but we're not working and, uh, and, you know, we don't have that, uh, that reputation to, to maintain, but I also work retail at the cell phone store. And so this time of year, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're staying open extra hours for, for holidays on, on Saturdays. Um, but nobody really knows it. So from four o'clock to seven o'clock on Saturday, you know, it's, it's kind of a waste of money for the company to keep the doors open, the lights on and, and pay us to be there because we just don't get any foot traffic. It's not really advertised that we're open extra hours. Um, so this time of year, I think it's dumb. People come in and uh, it's just, you know, some people shouldn't have phones. Some people shouldn't have technology. So, um, I'm not naming any names and, and I'm not actually thinking of anybody specific, but there's just sometimes at the end of the day, I come home and, you know, like, like squib, what you had said earlier, you know, what I do isn't blue collar work. I mean, I'm not digging ditches. I'm not laying bricks. I'm not, you know, assembling automobiles for, for a living. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not physically worn out, but I am, I mentally and emotionally just drained. Um, and I usually have a pretty good, you know, tension headache going on by the end of the day. And it's, it's what I've done for 10 years now. Um, and I'm not going to quit doing what I do. And, and a lot of it's just because it's, you know, it's retail sales and, and there's always people, you know, pushing to, to get more sales, more sales as a company. That's how you grow. So I get it. It's part of the, the pressure of the job and it's just, it's what I do and it's what I'm good at. So, so I'm not, I'm not looking for, you know, a career change or anything. It's just one of the things I gripe about. Now, having said that, here's a specific group of people that bug me. And Blitz, you kind of hit on this out there in the chat earlier. Um, yeah, Oz, you did. You walked into group therapy. That's what the coffee shop is. So we're just sitting around the old uh, table at the cafe, just griping about everything that's bugging us here, uh, just like the coffee crowd does. So, so that's what we're doing. Um, Blitz had mentioned out there early on in the night, um, all the people who, uh, you know, they're, they're sharing the boogaloo memes and, and everything else. And they're all getting geared up and they're all, you know, gung ho to go to Virginia and help, uh, you know, fight this civil war that's about to blow open. Now, I don't want to make light of that situation because that that's a serious thing that the Virginia situation 
honestly really is a powder keg in my mind that something's going to happen and it's going to blow wide open and we're going to have another Lexington and Concord. And I really want to be wrong about that. Um, but we've got all these idiots out there that are, uh, you know, sharing the memes and, and talking about, you know, Hey, if you impeach Trump, you know, we're all going to pick up our P, you know, load up our P mags or whatever it is. And, you know, we're all going to go to war and all this kind of stuff of the people who keep saying that kind of crap. Uh, first of all, I've never been in war, but I guarantee you that the nine out of 99 out of a hundred people that are saying that have never been in a war, never been in a gunfight, never been in a battle of any kind. Uh, because the people that I've talked to that have been through it don't want to do it again. They will if they have to, but they don't want to do it again. They're not looking forward to that kind of thing. Second of all, all of you people that are that are happy about this boogaloo that's about to happen or or you hope is about to happen, how many of you actually took the time on Sunday to call, write, or email your elected officials and try and head this thing off before it happens? Because if you're not even willing to send an email or make a phone call that you don't even have to get off the couch to do, then why in God's name would anybody trust you to have their back when bullets are actually flying? Because I don't think that you're going to have what it takes. I don't think you're going to be trustworthy. I don't think you're going to be reliable. And I don't think you're going to do anything but hide in mom's basement, hoping that they don't come for you. But that's my biggest gripe right now is all these people that can sure talk tough and type tough. And I love sharing memes. I think they're fun, but I leave the boogaloo memes alone because I don't want to go fight. I don't want this to happen. And I want to try and avoid the situation. I want our country to stay whole. Or I want our country to stay strong because only united do we stand. If we do get divided, then we fall. It's been the case forever. I mean, that's what people are trying to do, whether it's within our community, whether it's within our country, whatever it is, if, if they can separate one from the herd, that one goes down. And if they can divide the herd in two, then they've got half as many uh, members to fight back with. So we don't need division. We need unity. But the only way that's going to happen is if people don't want war to break out because nobody wins in a civil war. One side or the other eventually uh, either beats the other side or, or one side concedes, but nobody wins in a civil war. Nobody wins in any war, really. But we don't want this. We had it happen on our soil. We don't need it again. Um, my biggest gripe is the people that are looking forward to some sort of civil war or revolution because, again, uh, 99 out of a hundred of them have never been in a battle and, and never will be, even if it push comes to shove, they're not actually going to do anything that's, that's going to be even remotely considered fighting. And the one out of a hundred that actually has been through it and wants this to happen, they need help. So the people calling for it have got uh, all kinds of real combat experience because they've played call of duty, you know, cause that's just, uh, that's right. what it's really like, you know? You're right. You can uh, once you get shot, then you just respawn and, and start over and do it again. I forgot. Hey, uh, Bishop Ammunition has a question for us. Uh, so, what will set off civil war? What would actually make something happen in Virginia? What do you think would be the the flashpoint for it? Uh, the first would shot it, fired. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, would it be what's going to the door to door so confiscation or the the National Guard turning on the people? 
those that choose to actually do it against the people, which I don't know if it'd be a lot or not, but if we actually had a situation where the national guard was called in and, and literally lines were drawn, there's going to be somebody with an itchy trigger finger that that's going to fire that shot that shouldn't. And maybe they didn't mean to, but that I, in my opinion, that's, what's going to literally trigger it is going to be, there's going to be that one shot that gets fired and then it's going to go nuts. You know, nobody's going to maybe even realize again, you know, when it's all said and done, they may not know who fired the first shot. They may not even know which side fired the first shot, but that in my mind is, is what will set it off. Um, if we have a standoff, you know, that's all good and well, but Ruby Ridge and Waco didn't, didn't end with no shots fired. Um, so it's going to be a situation like that. It's it's going to be, it's going to be a situation where citizens or or civilians are squaring off against either alphabet agencies or the National Guard. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that don't want to be where they are, but out of their sense of duty, they feel like they need to follow orders. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to fault the people that that refuse to, you know, obey uh, what what we consider an unconstitutional order. You have to actually feel that it's unconstitutional before uh, you don't have to obey that order, right? So if, if again, like Cheryl said, how many people have not read the document to even know what is contained in it, to know if an order is constitutional or not, you know, and I've never been through basic, but my understanding is the first eight weeks are basically teaching you not to think for yourself, to do what you're told when you're told, not ask questions. When they say jump, you better be in the air when you ask how high how do you breed that back out of somebody that you've drummed into their brain to follow orders and not question them? That's the whole point of it. You don't, you don't follow unlawful orders in the military. It's a little bit different than, than what the sheriff does. Okay. So you're relying on your officers and staff, non-commission officers and non-commission officers, your leaders to do the right thing. So if the president says, go into that town and we're going to declare martial law and we're going to confiscate all their stuff. And the Colonel says, no, we're not. Well, guess whose order I'm following. I'm following the colonels, even though he ordered, he ordered a secretary of defense to order the secretary of Navy to order to come out of the Marine Corps to order all the Marines on our base to go into town and do that. If my unit commander, or when we're out on the street and we're armed and we're supposed to look like guard the stop sign or something. And we got orders to shoot, to kill and the sergeant says, no, we're not pulling the trigger, then we're not pulling the trigger. So it's going to be up to the training of the people in the military who are leaders. And leadership training is a combination of actually going to training as you rise up through the ranks and on-the-job training as you go. Now, I can't speak for the Army or the Air Force or Coast Guard or Navy or any, but in the Marine Corps, all Marines are trained to be leaders from the get-go, a, a private, an E-1 is trained minimal training and as you as you go up through the ranks you get more training on the job it's once you uh, reach corporal your non-commissioned officer that you actually start getting formal leadership training but all of the all of the leaders above you in addition to giving you orders train you to be a leader because you don't know when they're going to get killed in combat and the next guy's in charge and he gets killed and the next guy you know and so on and so forth so I don't, I'm, I can't speak for the other branches, but I can tell you that if I was given an order to shoot to kill and my 
you know, NCO in charge said, no, we're not shooting, we're not firing on unarmed civilians, then I'm not firing on unarmed civilians. That's, that's just the way it is. So no. I would say rely on the training, re rely on the, the patriotism and the training of the leaders in the military. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong, the National Guard does not answer to the president, correct? They answer to the governor. No, they take an oath to the United States and to the state. They take an oath to the, uh, to the, the Constitution the, and, and to follow the orders of the president and the governor. Now, okay. There's a conflict there, and that's where I don't know where they, where they actually fall because they're under the Department of the Army. They're not, even though they work for the, they, they take an oath to the governor, as well as the president, they 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 fall under the Department of the Army. They are a division of the United States Army. So I'm not exactly sure how they would how they would follow through on that. But they've called out they've called out Marines before, like during the LA riot, the Marines were the closest. The California National Guard, they didn't have the manpower and they weren't the closest. So uh, you know, uh, I, I realize Virginia's a little bit different. I mean they could call Marines from Quantico or something like that. But, yeah, the National Guard would be more, more inclined to, you know, the way they're going to handle it. But the government ha or the governor has jurisdiction over there. But would the president be able to supersede, to countermand those orders? I would think he would because they fall under the Department of the Army. No, I don't know because if you look back in history back when, um, remember when Eisenhower had to send 101st in to escort the students to when uh, the sleep desegregation went through and everything. Oh yeah. The governor of Alabama called up the national guard to stop them from going to school. Eisenhower had to send in the 101st airborne to get the national guard to back down. Okay. So that begs the question. Let's say he calls in the national guard and the national guard says, yes, sir. And they start doing things that are unlawful. Would the president call in the army or the Marines to go in there? And then what? That that's that's a really uh, yeah. We have four. We're all over again. Then we've got a dilemma, and we've got a standoff. Yeah, and and the thing is, these are all in my mind. These are all worst case scenarios. I mean, there. This is all stuff that needs to be avoided at all costs. Uh, the problem is, we've got people that are getting mad on both sides in Virginia, but we've got people that are getting mad in Richmond that are saying, uh, you have to do what we say. And the people are pushing back and saying, no, we don't. You work for us. You have to do what we say. Well, they can't both be right. And eventually the, uh, the peeing contest is going to become more than what it is right now. And, and then it is going to come to blows, which is going to be shots fired. And who knows what's going to happen next? I mean, there's any number of terrible scenarios that could happen do we contain it in Virginia? Does it spread to the rest of the states around? Does it spread all the way to the to the West Coast? Who knows what happens, you know? Um, and and let's say it's an isolated incident in Richmond that somebody decides they're going to take, take this into their own hands and they do something that nobody in our community would support. And then they do end up having the police and things escalate. So then they do call the National Guard. By the time the Guardsmen get deployed, they're on edge. Yeah. And they're going to be they're going to be trigger happy because they're they're not gonna they're not gonna want to, to get killed like that cop did or, or that SWAT team did or whatever it is. And now you've got people that are are scared that the government's getting called against them, but then you've got these these scared guardsmen that are, are you know 
I mean, look at what happened in Houston. They had the civilians protecting the guardsmen out there because they were getting shot at by looters. Yeah. By looters, not even people that were, you know, get off my lawn. So it, it's, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, if, if things happen, if there's some sort of small incident and it starts to gradually escalate, you're going to have a bunch of scared people with guns and it ain't going to be pretty. No, I'll put a link out in the chat to uh, Ozark Yeoman's channel. And he did a video talking about that specifically, where the president's power and where the governor's power lies with the uh, National Guard. So go check out that video, and he explains it pretty well. Out there in the chat, Patriots saying, the president will just send a couple privates and lance corporals in, four or five, that'll take care of it. Yeah, the uh, ratio of Marines to uh, National Guardsmen is five. Five or more Marines can handle uh, 100 National Guardsmen. So it's, it's five to 100. Uh, I've got documented evidence of that. Nice. Le less than five, uh, the Guardsmen, have got they, they've got it. But five Marines versus 100 Guardsmen. Wow. Very, very interesting. Let's hope we never find that out for sure. So... All right. Well, um, does anybody else have anything that they want to uh, grump about before we're going to go back around the horn a little bit here? Um, and uh, yeah, just send in Rambo or Chuck <laughs> Norris. That, that's all we need to do, Kingpin. Good point. Um, we'll go back around the horn here a little bit and uh, we will get a chance just to, to complain a little bit about Christmas time if anybody else wants to. Um, but does anybody have anything else that they want to uh, bring up or get off their chest first? Anyone? I feel pretty good, man. Bueller. <laughs> well, you should. I feel great, man. I, I feel like I've had this uh, catharsis, this cleansing of the uh, of the soul. So, yeah. I, I tell you great, what. Man. It, you, yeah, so man. It yeah. should be just kind of like stepping out of the confessional booth for you at this point. <sighs> What's this cost me per hour again? What? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's free. It's I'll on the house. Oh, oh, thanks. All right, cool. <laughs> so I'm going right. to thumbs up this video. So, all right. Hey, cool. Thanks. <laughs> thumbs it up. Thumb it down. Right on, I don't man. care. Just, just react <laughs> to it. Comment. Share it. We love all that stuff. Um, all right. Well, let's go back through. Squib, I don't think we gave you a chance really to do this much on uh, on the air. We did this before we, we hit the button to go live. But uh, is there anything else that you... Uh, you have at Christmas time that really just bugs you that you want to share with the group. Hmm. Okay. So the lazy guy on third shift came to me and he says, we got to work the day after Christmas. I said, yep. He goes, man, I don't want to work. Hey, did you hear if we're getting our bonus or not? If you don't show up to work, you're not getting your bonus. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, Travis, anything at Christmas time that bugs you? No, actually, I'm pretty good at Christmas. I I really can't think of anything that just you know, yeah, you got the usual crowds you kind of come to expect. Uh, traveling in the winter time can be dicey at best in Nebraska. So I guess the weather's one thing because it's really unpredictable. Sort of. I mean, anymore it's gotten better now. We kind of know what the weather's going to do, but uh, winter travel and how long it takes to get to places, I suppose, because you got to slow down. Oh, no, the other drivers. Yes, the ignorance of the <laughs> other drivers in the bad winter weather. People think that you should go the speed limit on an icy road in Nebraska. And uh, unfortunately, they find out you really shouldn't. So, well, and then if you, you know, don't, we, they're 
the, the people that follow on Facebook have seen this meme, um, or or I posted it here. It's been a couple months ago. I think it was right after our first snowstorm of the year. Oh yeah, like, the one we got uh, about a month ago. Yeah, but I, I had mentioned um, four wheel drive does not mm-hmm. equate to four wheel stop. Oh no, you can't get past the laws of physics. Just because um, you can, yeah, it does slow you down faster. It depends on what. Well, oh, not nice. when you hit your brakes, though. <laughs> what I'm talking about is the people that think that because they have four wheel drive, they can just go like a bat out of Hades, and then when it's time to slow down, they they come up and try and stop like they normally do. But now all of a sudden, it's slick. Well, ABS is great, but it's not going to slow you down a whole lot faster. It's just going to keep you from skidding. Ice um, is the king yeah, of you, all. You, yeah, you need oh, yeah. more. You need more braking distance. You need more braking distance. You, but four wheel drive does actually put a drag on your system and does additional braking. However, yeah, if you're sliding, if, if you're hydroplaning or you're skidding on ice, yeah, that's one thing. If you're yeah, if you know how to let the compression slow you down and the extra drag, then yeah. But if you're using that brake pedal, that four four wheel drive is only good for getting you out of out of being stuck. It's not good for driving down the road. So, but we see that all the time, especially down around Travis where, you know, he's along the interstate and there's, well, now, okay. I'm going to disagree with you on that because my Jeep being rear wheel drive, I have to keep it in four to get to school and get back. Otherwise I'm going to sit there and spin my tires, every corner, every turn, every stop. Yeah. I can leave my systems designed to go up to 60 miles an hour in four wheel drive. I don't, but I can go 25 or 20 or 15 and four for as long as I want. Uh, but I know you a lot also of people say, know. You yeah. also know that when it's slick, just because you're in four wheel drive, oh yeah, yeah, does not mean that you can drive like you do in the summertime. No, that's, actually, that's your my point. Is, your handling can be even more predictable because of what it's doing to your traction. You're not used to that on slick surfaces unless you get extensive training on that. You will slide out and spin out and do a cookie and not be able to stop and plow ahead when you try to turn. So yeah, no, I understand physics really well living out here, man. Oh yeah. Can't get past uh, momentum and weight and force, you know. So, yep. But, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous when I was going down the highway during that snowstorm four weeks ago. There were people that were going, you know, 50 or 60. I came upon several accidents where a person tried to pass, tried to get back in their lane, lost control, spun out at oncoming traffic. Oncoming traffic went off in the ditch, and then they both ended up in the snow. Now they both got to get a tow. Or you know, it's totally, yeah. totally preventable if you just wouldn't pass at 50 miles an hour when the road's complete ice. I don't understand people's mentality. I mean, you know, once you get going, what your traction is going to be like, you know. So well, I just, and, just, and not it's only just that, ignorance but of people on driving, you know, if, yeah. if you really are in actual four wheel drive and your your hubs are locked in, and, you know, all wheel drive, I know, is different because that's yeah. that's where, traction it, where it gets it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But but actual four wheel drive, you know. Yeah you have the potential of getting four wheels spinning at once. And it's, if you're used to rear wheel drive and you start to skid, you know how to steer out of it. If you're used to front wheel drive, you know how to steer out of it. But if you're in four wheel drive and you start to skid, all four tires spinning is bad. You have no control then. And if you're going too fast, that's where you see people go into a flat spin and, and wind up, you know, facing the wrong way in the wrong ditch or something. Yeah. And then once you get snow up over your axles, you're not going anywhere unless you get a lift. And if they're or, lucky, you know. they've got the wheels down and the, the roof up when they get to the ditch. Yep. So, heck yes. 
That's ugly. That's that's a gripe right there, man. I don't know anything about getting stuck in the snow or having snow over my axles, Travis. So you no, just, no, no, no. I know that wasn't intended in anybody <laughs> in particular. I'm just saying that that's because I saw vehicles in the snow when I was making my road trip. I'm like, how would that thing get stuck? And you look, and there's snow up to the bottom of the doors. It's like, oh yeah, you're not getting anywhere. I mean, trucks that probably could could have been able to drive out of it, this stuff could not. So. And that's just because it all drifted in the ditches. You know, we're talking, yeah. you know, two feet of snow deep or a foot and a half. So, yeah. Heck yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's move along. Rich, anything at Christmas time that really just irks you? The lack of the remember when we were kids, how they always had the Christmas specials on and you uh -huh. have the old classic Christmas movies. None of the networks do that anymore. If you don't, if you want to find them, you have to go searching through 50 million different channels and hopefully one of them has them on. And you know what? I blame the bumpus hounds. It all comes back to those darn bumpus hounds. Not only are they stealing people's turkeys, they're stealing our Christmas specials too. We gotta stop these bumpuses. Well, wow. it's because everybody's watching a Christmas story 30 times instead of watching Rudolph. I, I just Indian. want to point out for those of you who are not aware, Rich White is easily triggered because he's fragile. Hey, that's Italian, isn't it? <laughs> that sounds expensive. <laughs> Rich is tall. Rich looks like a statue. Yeah, a statue. Okay, so um, it, and I honestly I blame the the streaming services because not as many people are watching um, the networks as much. And the other thing is the uh, the commercials. You know the Christmas commercials that sometimes when we're watching a show and we have to sit through commercials because we're guilty. We DVR things so that we can skip them, but. Um, Sometimes you you can't avoid it. You know you're watching. It's just on for noise, or you're watching a, you know, a game or something, and, it, and it's live. You know, I mean, do you remember the old? And I think it's still on the old Hershey's Kisses commercials where they're doing the Carol of the Bells. You know, and at the end that that kiss that was ringing that long note at the end. You know, and he's like, you know, I mean, that's been a staple of Christmas for me since I was a little kid, and it's it's still going on. Um, so the streaming services are making it to where. The uh, the Christmas commercials aren't coming out, you know, and, and being as cool either. They're still running those old ones because they're not making any new ones anymore. So there's that too. Because it used to be, I mean, you could count on seeing all those during the commercial breaks when you're watching, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas or, or Frosty the Snowman or whatever it is. Yeah, well, even the um, streaming services, I went on there looking for Muppet Christmas Carol on Netflix because the past few years they've had it on there. They don't have it this year. Netflix has very little Christmas of any That's kind a, on there. We just watched it last week. I don't remember what we watched it on. It's it's uh, is it on, on Prime? Or? Amazon Prime or Prime? Okay, maybe we paid for the rental. I don't know. We oh, watched yeah. it last uh, last Friday. Yeah, Xfinity has it on um, their paper. Their uh, on demand, oh. it's through freeform, and you got to deal with all kinds of commercials through it. They got commercials where, even if when they were showed on normal TV, they don't have commercials. Wow! Well, I, mean, I think it was on Disney Plus, actually. Yeah, because I yeah, think it'll be on most of the movies. Plus, but I don't know my daughter's account information, and she was she's not here, so I couldn't get. But, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, moving right along. Four hundred two outdoorsman. Anything about Christmas that you don't like? Um, I would say just for late Christmas shoppers, I would say there has to be a Black Friday for December. Like, come on, like we have it in November. Why not December? That's right. So, I, didn't, I didn't have my money saved up until 
the week before Christmas. So now that I'm ready to shop. <laughs> yeah, Cyber Monday, yeah, exactly. man. Cyber Monday. <laughs> well, you say for December. You know, a lot of stuff is still on sale, and there's still great prices on things like you saw back in November. I mean, not the doorbusters necessarily, but like DVs and computers and stuff like that. There's still a lot of good good deals out there. Yeah, and, that, and that's actually true if you know where to look. So, but yes, that I tell you what, um, people that look... I, I want to grump about people that grump about people that wait to the last minute to shop for Christmas presents uh, for their wives. You know what? Leave me alone. I'm going to stop procrastinating one of these years whenever I get around to it. So, all right. That being said, we will move over to Kingpin last but not least. Anything at Christmas time that, uh, that just really bugs you? Uh, I don't really do Christmas, so I'll just go with the Christmas time, and I can't stand cold weather. There you go. All right. So uh, maybe I'll skip you, but we'll give you the chance. Let's go back around the horn the other direction now, um, because it is Christmas time. So um, what do what do you like about Christmas? Um, we'll get away from the grumpy stuff. We'll go to happy before we close up. Anything that you do like about this time of year, David? Yeah, yeah. I can definitely answer that one pretty quick. That. George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol is yeah. the bombinest movie ever. I love that movie. The The only one that even comes close is the Muppet one. I'm going to say that. But no, the George C. Scott one, that's the one I grew up watching, so I hear you. All right. Uh, 402, what do you like about Christmas time? Well, um, I just like I just like the whole atmosphere, the whole like climate and everything with the snow and everything. I just love winter in general, but um, just being away from work and spending time with family and all the other loved ones you guys have and all that stuff. I just love it. So it's kind of a little bit general, but it is what it is. So awesome. All right, Rich. Well, I want to preface this by first by saying that I was always partial to Mickey's Christmas Carol. <laughs> especially when they would show all the old cartoons and especially the snowball fight between Donald and Huey, Dewey and Louie. Yeah, I don't think Donald. I've seen that one. And, and the, the bait ever on. If you haven't, I don't know if you can find it anymore, but look for that. I think it's, I think it's actually called Donald snowball, but see an extremely over the top cartoon snowball fight. That's the one you want to see. I mean, Donald literally builds a snow and snowballs out of like 16 inch guns on this thing at the fort that his nephews built. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that one. Have to have to watch that. Have to look for it now. Yeah, All right. Things that, yeah, the, what I like, um, you know, listen to their old Christmas songs like Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, that kind of stuff. The originals, the classics, I like those better than some of the some of the covers. Yeah. I grew up, that's what I grew up with, man. Walking around the house around Christmas time, my mother would always have the old classics on them. Uh, Mitch Mitchell, um, if you've never yep. heard Mitch Mitchell and his, um, you know, Bing Crosby, you know, all that kind that's of right. stuff. That's right. That you got to have Burl Lives in there, too. And Elvis, you know, Blue Christmas. Uh, that's right. And, you know. That's right. I'll aim into that. All right. Travis, welcome back. What do you love about Christmas yeah, or, or even just like about Christmas? Just uh, the family that gets together and, um, you know, all the all the good food, I think, is, uh, you know, is a good thing. 
And since I have parents that aren't married, I'm, I'm forced to eat two fantastic meals, one on Christmas <laughs> Eve and one on Christmas Day. So prime rib with the old man and uh, on my dad's side and prime rib on my mom's side. So wow, that's good. Be Nebraska, rough. Nebraska beef, man. I'm telling you, I, it is right. Which, uh, uh, yeah, which yeah. day is this happening? Because I'm not that December far away. 24th and uh, December 25th. So I can talk to the old man <sighs> and see if you guys want to roll on out, you know. I'm I'm tempted at this point. Yes, do the prime rib is un, <laughs> ungodly. Remember, my dad works at beef packing plant. So I, I do, do remember that. Yeah, mm. he's got access to the good stuff. If for, if only, for, except for I've got to work till three on the twenty fourth, and then we're going to go the other direction oh, for uh, Christmas Eve night, and then uh, then we're going to go even further up the road after that uh, to spend spend Christmas Eve up on or Christmas. Well, we'll get in late Christmas Eve. We we may or may not beat Santa Claus to the house. And then uh, we'll be up there for for most of Christmas Day and come home then uh, on Wednesday. So I know this is going to trigger some people, make some people upset. But if you're a vegetarian by choice, my God, I feel so sorry for you. I'm sorry. I you don't know like a a good buttery piece of prime rib with some freaking mushrooms on it. It's just heaven, dude. It's heaven in a bite. And that outside crusty crusty layer. Oh, geez, dude. Tell you what, Mark. I just I can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's to me. It's one of my favorite meals we get to eat every year. So a little horseradish on there. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Squib, this time of year, what's good? I can think of two things. Okay. One is when somebody tells me happy holidays and I say back to them, Merry Christmas. <laughs> what's actually better about that is when they say happy holidays, I say Merry Christmas, and then they come back and they say Merry Christmas. And sometimes they say it real quiet, like, I can't let my boss hear. Right. Because they're told to say that because they don't want to offend anybody. No, say it. Say it. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, even if you're not Christian, even if whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just like I don't mind if somebody says, if I say Merry Christmas to them and they say Happy Hanukkah back to me or Happy Kwanzaa or Happy Ramadan or whatever it is, Happy Festivus, you know, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I think we can exchange greetings and everything's just fine. The other thing is just giving gifts. I like to give gifts. Um, I really don't like getting gifts because anything I want, I'll just buy with my credit card. So I don't care. So I like to give gifts. And uh, for those of you who don't have kids, I can tell you that uh, watching your kids open presents, even when they get older, is is fun, especially when they're totally surprised by what you got them. Very cool. All right. And for me personally, um, uh, it's, it's an interesting time of year because, um, Christmas was my mom's favorite time of the year. And so with her gone, the magic of Christmas for me is gone with her. Um, so I, I can't say it's, it's for me, the most wonderful time of the year. So my biggest gripe about Christmas, honestly, is the fact that, that the magic is gone and that I cannot, um, get into it the way that, that I used to be able to, um, the reason I say that is because my wife loves Christmas as much as my mother ever did. So now I feel like a wet blanket and I hate that feeling. Uh, the, the best thing about Christmas is, uh, you know, seeing the, the way that she gets excited when I finally stop being a stick in the mud and, and we start decorating and stuff. Um, I do like to give people gifts, but I also like to get them. I'm not going, I'm not too proud to admit it. I like when, when, when I get stuff, especially if it's something that I've been, I've been not getting myself, you know, I, I've, I've looked at it several times and decided, you know, against it or, or always had something else that I'd rather do. So, um, you know, I'm, 
I'm always wanting this or that or, or the other. So, uh, so I, I like both sides of that part. Um, but, uh, the best part about, about doing this right here is putting somebody on the spot. I know there's nothing she doesn't like about Christmas. I'm going to put my wife on the spot and have her come tell everybody what she loves about Christmas. You have to now they're all expecting you. I'm getting the death glare. The, the thing she doesn't like is being put on the spot. Everything. Every, oh, that was fast. Everything. All right. I don't know if you could hear her, but she said she just loves everything about it. And, and she, she'd rather type than talk. So I won't because, because I don't want to sleep on the couch. We won't force this. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we will, uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, does anybody have any, uh, any channel plugs or anything they want to throw out? Um, we won't uh, necessarily go around the horn, but does anybody have anything they want to say in closing or just throw anything out there? Don't all talk at once. <laughs> uh, I'll be hosting Caliber Corner on Monday. I know it's getting close to the holidays. We'll be doing a Monday show. Not sure what the topic is yet. I'll be posting it. That'll be 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock East Coast Time on my channel, Travis B11. Uh, otherwise, that's it for me, man. Okay. And, and very good point. I almost forgot to bring this up, uh, because the next two Tuesday nights are Christmas Eve and new year's Eve. Uh, we will be foregoing chats the next two weeks. Um, what I hope to do is just, uh, throw together a couple videos and then just have those, um, premiere it at uh, nine o'clock on Tuesday night. Um, I, I say premiere, but we may just have them uh, drop at that point because I know on Christmas Eve I won't be in a, a place where I can be part of a chat for a premiere. Uh, we may do that on New Year's Eve. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, we we just want to figure out some sort of cool video that we can record and and at least have that come out at nine o'clock. But we will not be having the live chat for the next two Tuesday nights. So after tonight, we will see everybody next year. So thanks for reminding me to say that, Travis. No problem, so, man. Got that yeah. 2020 vision, man. 2020 see, vision. I see Sandhills in my future, man. There you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, Anybody Travis. else have anything? That, oh, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, Travis just reminded me. I, I got to do the second annual Not So Spectacular Christmas on the So who? that'll be the theme of the show on Sunday at 8 Eastern on This Week Unloaded on the Unloaded Media Channel. <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to talk about because I didn't last year. We went into it and we just had some Christmas fun and that was about then. That was the whole show. So Tune in. Who knows what we'll do? You know, sometimes those are the, who knows. Sometimes those are the most fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody else have anything before we start to wrap it up here? Yeah, uh, go check out Rex Life. I'll leave a link. Uh, he does a show tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, shooting with disabilities. So uh, check Rick out tomorrow. Rick's a cool guy. And uh, I've listened in on that show before, and, and I, I don't catch it as often as I really should. But, uh, but yes, definitely listen to that. Cause it's, it's kind of enlightening just, uh, just hearing some of the, the folks that, that are out there, you know, that are shooting with, with different disabilities. Um, and just, uh, just even find out, you know, what challenges that, uh, that they, they have to overcome and then, and then how they do such a thing. So it's very cool. Very cool thing to listen to. Plus good people on a good chat. So very awesome. All right. Well, let's go through and uh, thank everybody for being here. There should be a list, I think, coming my way here any moment. There it is. All right. We've got the list is blank. Oh, wait. Okay. Flip it over. That helps. All right. So 
Thank you for joining us. We had out there in the chat, Mad Sexy was first, uh, Guitar Man Pete, Grim 90, Jay Brown, Dangerous Freedom, uh, The Poor Conservative, 10X Shooters, John 12 Gage, Keith Gregory, Blitz, 2 Live Moo, Armament and Axes, Kingpin, SS Pawn, Patriot in the Dark, Seven Wonders, Philo, Kevin the Tack Daddy, Mike, The Pope Joy, Joe Smith, Weston Probst, Obnoxious One, Black Cat Outdoors, New York Outcast, Travis T, The Gun Snob, Rich White, Mystic Guns, Vanessa Kitty, Midnight Range, TM, C4 Defense. We had Bishop Ammunition and Firearms. Thanks for dropping in, Diane. It was awesome to see you out there. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Travis P11, Agorizer, Boob Sweat leads to Pearl Necklaces, and Squib Load out there in the chat. So uh, thank you very much, all of you, for uh, for joining us. Uh, once again, for the Get Off My Lawn podcast on behalf of uh, the 402 Outdoorsman, Rich White, Travis P11, Kingpin, Squibload, Cheryl Todd, Sandhill Sweetheart, and myself. Thanks for being here. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And get off my lawn. <laughs>